to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every song from 7 to Y, and we are officially over the hump. We have passed the halfway spot in our marathon of I songs. Not not overall. Sorry, I had you go in there for a minute. Uh, joining me this week uh, is my co-host, Aaron. Thank you for coming back from the void. <laughs> you said hump. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome. It's good to be here. But and, and and we have someone coming back from deep, deep, deep in the past because he is the biggest Johnny oh, yeah. Cash fan that I know. Really? Uh-oh. Welcome back, Bobby. Hello. I thought Bobby. I just wasn't allowed back after that last episode <laughs> that I guest starred on. Even though I still maintain I didn't start that whole business, but whatever. <laughs> I still, I sometimes worry that's why Michelle left too, but I don't no. know. I've been just driving people away one by one. <laughs> yeah, blame Tracy. Uh, I blame, blame it on me. It's good to <laughs> blame it on. It's good to have you back, Bobby. Good to see you. Thank you. Man. It's good to see you. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like that we're missing some people this week. I, we I feel like we're missing someone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so the, I, I, we're missing Michelle. Still, it's true. It's we true. are. We are. Mis- we're still missing Michelle. So I, I brought up her picture behind me, and she is staring in awe <laughs> <laughs> or shock. I'm not sure which. In, in the picture, abject behind fear, me. terror. <laughs> That's probably closer to true. I don't know. All of the people who are on your show now must really hate these old pictures of the original <laughs> logo that still feature my face. What? And they're like, he was like in what, eight episodes? <laughs> <laughs> We're working on, on updating yeah. the picture, but... <laughs> no, I, made it I just can't what? get rid of you, Bobby. I made it through the bees, did I? I think was Yeah, it? I think so. And then stopped back a few times. You've, you've come back a few times. People, people love it when you show back up. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I will tell you that we always have a spike in, in people listening whenever you show back up. So. Oh, wow. So it's, it's great to have you. This week's song is I Still Miss Someone, which was a sort of cover of a Johnny Cash song. If you've never heard that before, well, that's because it is only on an internet-only download album um hello city live from toronto deep this is this is one of the deepest cuts that we will get to except for a few that are only on the yellow tape uh but that's that's a ways in our future at this point but yeah this is this is a pretty deep cut and i'm and i'm actually glad because it's it's kind of fun so uh, before we get to that, why don't I give you a quick snippet of this week's song? I tore the leaves are falling. Great cold wild wind will come. Sweethearts walk by together. And I still miss someone. I never got over those blue eyes. I see them everywhere. I miss those arms that held me when all the love was there. 
Bobby, huh. can you tell people a little bit about who Johnny Cash is? <laughs> uh, like, no, he's a pretty obscure personality. That, <laughs> I know. Um, I, I never knew anything about him. It was It's interesting um, because with the song, I Still Miss Someone, actually. It was an earlier hit for him. Um, I... I actually, I, I'm, I'm fond of that song because after Johnny Cash's death, everyone was kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say Cash again. People were trying to honor his memory. Cashing in. And they made this. Um, nice one. They made this jukebox musical called Ring of Fire. Really original, right? But um, they called it Ring of Fire. <laughs> but it wasn't like a straight through plot kind of thing. It was basically. I remember that had Joaquin Phoenix in no, it, right? No, no, no. That was a movie. That was Walk, Walk the Live yeah. that starred Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix and uh, Reese Witherspoon. But this was like a short lived Broadway thing that then moved on mostly to regional theater, including Lakewood Theater did it. And um, it wasn't like a. Uh, it had some things from kind of biographical sketches from Johnny Cash's past and things like that. Other times they would just sort of dramatize the song. And in which case they actually had a female singing, I still miss someone, but I was part of the number. I was the one she missed and I would come in and like sing harmony with her. And unlike this rendition, which kind of speeds up the, you know, BNL's rendition, which speeds it up yeah. in the play, it, they actually slow it down and make it a very almost almost like a ballad kind of love song. And it was um, I don't know if you remember Mary Kate Gonza, but she yes. was the one who sang it in the show. For some reason, she would still missed me, which made no sense because I was much too old for. Her, but um, now, um, you had a young face, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, and uh, but no, it was fun because you know it was it was actually I thought one of the better dramatize things in the show and then it was fun singing with her and kind of singing the harmony and i've always liked this song mm. because of this almost simple everyday idea behind the lyrics it's it, it, he's not mm. trying to complexly talk about love in the deepest philosophical way and by doing so i think it no. makes it all the more emotional the tune you know we're talking about that the door the leaves are falling right i mean who can't relate to the fall leaves which feels like a nostalgic thing anyway um, well, he paints a very vivid picture to kind of draw you into the moment that he's talking about right right and so and I mean, to be honest, you know, Johnny Cash, like everyone else, I mean, he originally actually wanted a career somewhat as, to, you know, to sing religious or, or gospel tunes. And yeah. that was actually a big part of his career all throughout. He would make his album, you know, his kind of Johnny Cash or Cash albums, but he would always make like these kind of gospel albums too. But it was at that time, I mean, it was, you know, it was... A song like I Still Miss Someone, it was the type of love song that a young Elvis type would sing that was all about the young women when they would go and they would tour like God knows how many days out of the year. Um, and it was to get the young girls to, to swoon. A song like I Still Miss Someone. It's like I wish you were talking about me, you know, that right. sort of thing. And I mean, the language... But it is a very syrupy, sweet song. Actually, it's the wrong way to say it, but it is a very... Um, 
I don't want to say melodramatic, because again, that's wrong, but it is a very emotional-laden song. I go out on a party And look for a little fun But I find the darkened corner Cause I still miss someone Oh, I never got old Um, and in terms of the structure, it's set up kind of weirdly as well, but we'll get to that. But yeah, it, emotionally, it's meant to kind of bring you along this story and dra drag you in so you feel the emotions of that person. And the original recording of it is, as you mentioned in that play, it's also originally very ballad-like. It's very, very slow. Um, B&L, you know, jumps up the speed like triple from what it is, but it really is a very slow song, and every other person who's done it has done it as a slow song. It's interesting just because of the fact that, again, I, I, I'm not saying it, it's not the most profound of a Johnny Cash song. It's one that I like because it's, you know, I mean, who doesn't relate to the idea I go to a party and, you know, but I can't do anything because I'm still in love with somebody else. But, um, but, um, so, I mean, uh, people can relate to that, but, um, still it's interesting because, you know, the song takes itself seriously. So it, it, it's sort of a fun little twist that BNL sort of just uses it, at least in this live performance that you sent me, I mean, to bookend a kind of vaudevillian sort of joke act, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so this becomes sort of just like the bookends of like, uh, hey, hey, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, woo! <laughs> I still miss someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was mean? thinking Marx Brothers, definitely, when I heard that back and forth. But Interesting, because you said Marx Brothers, yeah. you said vaudeville, and my immediate thought was, and it's probably built on both of those ideas, was hee-haw. Like a very hee-haw sure, yeah. kind he, of hee-haw definitely was kind of the countrified country vaudeville. But yeah, vaudeville parts <laughs> brother, sure. <laughs> uh, Join the conversation. But... <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bare naked ABCs. I... But but I love I love that actually because it's one of the things that they would do in their concert once in a while especially early on not so much in the later years but early on was they would take a song in the middle of the song they just stop and they'd start this bantering back and forth with each other and they and and most people think of that like with with a song that we're going to be covering in a few weeks <laughs> um but when it comes down to it it was something that they did with every concert and they really did it a couple times throughout the concert and this is the first time I heard them ever do it with this song. This was a rarity um, for them. But, yeah, that kind of hee-haw thing of, like, we're going to play this song, and then we're going to stop, and then we're going to banter. Then we're going to play the song, and then we're going to stop, and we're going to banter <laughs> for no reason at all. It has nothing to do with the song. Right. It sounds like it was probably a fun little live performance. It's always <laughs> nice to hear um, Ed and Steven kind of, and they go yeah, back, and, back forth. and forth. Yeah. 
brings you back to the old days. Now you mentioned Johnny wrote this song, but I I, I want to correct that a little bit. Oh, did uh, I say he wrote it? Well, he did. He wrote it with his nephew Roy Roy Cash as well. Though. Oh, oh, oh! I see. So so it was a collaboration. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I was worried there for a second because in my mind I was pretty sure he had written it, so I didn't like go and double check. Yeah, it was his. It was really early on, as you mentioned, and it was the B side for his "Don't Take Your Guns to Town" album, right? Uh, his single, and he he is most famously known for performing it at the Folsom Prison, sure, which sure. is one of his biggest live versions, right? Um, he recorded a number of times over the years. Um, but he also recorded it with Bob Dylan backstage with Bob Dylan one night. And he later then recorded it as a duet with Bob Dylan during the sessions for Dylan's album, Nashville Skyline, but never got oh, released. That's too bad. Huh, yeah. That is too bad. Cause you I know would what, love to hear what, that. What Johnny Cash like always said about Bob Dylan. No. Oh no. It's a pretty famous quote. He said, I can't understand a damn word that guy said. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> he thought he was one of the best songwriters in the world. <laughs> um, yeah. well, you, you know what? Uh, you know what Bob Dylan said in reply to that. Bobby? What's that? You did. <laughs> he said, hey, hey, he did. How can you see this here and a Nobel Prize? <laughs> no, it's fun because, yeah, the Folsom Prison album, that's a crazy, that's a crazy fun album. Um, yeah. Now, you see, what Phenomenal would be album. fun, now, I wish... They would get, you know, Stephen and Ed back together and have be yeah. now play at Folsom Prison. At Folsom Prison? And that'd be fun. <laughs> they could do that would be interesting. Just Stephen and Ed though, not the rest of them. Just those two. Well no, I, I just want Stephen to be back in with the band. Mm. So oh. that they can do their kind of like banter and stuff. Yeah. Hey, do you know why Steven's a jerk? What? Did it do? <laughs> <laughs> It okay, might not go I, so well. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> They're Canadian. They would never say that. I like Canada. Day so day, a little, a, like a little bit more background on this song. Yes. There are a lot of very famous versions of this, but only four artists have charted with this song other than Johnny Cash himself. So flattened Scruggs. At my door the leaves are falling. Emmy Lou Harris. Martina McBride duetted with Dolly Parton. Oh, I never got over those blue eyes. I see them everywhere. Oh! 
<laughs> and Stevie Nicks. Wait, wait, wait. She didn't sing with Flat and Scruggs? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. I thought so the it first was time I was actually Scruggs and Nick, <laughs> Scruggs and Nick's collab. What are you talking about? <laughs> the first time I looked up the song to kind of look up the the lyrics, Stevie Nicks was the first version that came up. Mm. And she changes the lyrics significantly so that I was like, wow, BNL really got the lyrics way off on this one. They messed this up bad. And then I went and I and I researched it more and I'm like, oh, actually it's Johnny Cat. Actually, they're really close. Stevie Nicks really messed this up bad. Was it all about divorce? I I honestly <laughs> don't remember because I was like, this is a horrible version. I'm never listening to rumors. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. I still find that to be one of the most fascinating albums. Probably oh, it's an amazing ever, album. Just because, well, no, I mean it's it's a great album to listen to. But the oh, you mean like the story behind oh, it? Oh yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. All sleeping with each other. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> betrayal and anger. And, <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I know. I've it's never, all rumors. I've never yeah, heard rumors. Stevie Nicks' cover. No, I I'm never. I never heard that. Or to be honest, I, I, I kind of want I, to now. I, I I've never. I don't think I've heard any of. I. Flattened Scruggs, I thought you were making that up. I yeah, I'll be honest, a... Tracy. I thought that was something from like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could just be yeah. throwing names out there at this point. It sounds like some kind of weird British thing or uh, otherwise like <laughs> deep south. Scrubs. Like, let's make some moonshine. Flattened Scruggs. So it's either like, yeah, it's either wizarding school dropout or we're gonna flatten Scruggs so bad. It's either wizarding school dropout or Cletus, the slack John yokel. Um, there are other very famous versions out there that I'm surprised you haven't heard. No, no disrespect to flatten Scruggs. Sorry. <laughs> So Carl Perkins. At my door, the leaves are falling. Of course. Oh, of big, course, there's Carl Perkins. They all traded um, songs back then. Yeah. Rosanna Cash. If Carl Perkins had been more handsome, there wouldn't have been an Elvis Presley. But anyway. <laughs> or if Little Richard hadn't been. Bobby's back. hot but take. Yeah. Woo! Rosanna Cash did a version of it, did she? Rosanna Cash, of course, did a version of her dad's song. She also did a version of his song, Tennessee Flat Top Box, which is a fun little Johnny Cash tune. Damn. See, where else are you going to get these kind of little nuggets of information? That's why you come here. Did she did she write any songs that weren't real bad? Come on, Rosanna. Ouch. Rosanna, Rosanna, Rosanna. All what is wrong out. with you? Please come on the show. <laughs> this would have been the week to have her. You're going to be interested by these next three. Well, the next two at least. I know Bobby. 
Tom Petty did a cover of this. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I mean, Bob Dylan did it. Why not Tom Petty? <laughs> right. Right. Elvis Costello with Emmylou Harris did a cover. Yeah, yeah, you sent me the link to that one. How was What did you think? I love Elvis Costello. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Emmy Lou Harris, too. Um, it's always interesting to me because, of course, I think Elvis shines most as a songwriter and tossing out clever lyrics. I do think he's got a good voice. I mean, I think, obviously, you look at his collabs with the uh, Bacharach and the Brodsky Quartet, singing classical music, even. I mean, he's got some pipes but it's always interesting for me to hear people sing songs that johnny cash made famous because i always find it's much more interesting for me as a listener to hear johnny cash sing other people's songs that were made famous <laughs> than to hear people sing oh, johnny cash's songs 100 I mean? agree with you on that yeah but. yeah like, for example i mean speaking of petty one of my favorite this was his i think second to last album cash's second to last album he did a cover of i won't back down yeah and the song immediately sort of belonged to him. Don't get me wrong, I love Petty's original version. It's a great song. And But what was cool was that Tom Petty actually sang harmonizing lyrics on the chorus with him. And I'll keep this world from dragging me down Gonna stand my ground And I won't back down Hey, baby there ain't no easy way out. Hey, I will stand my ground. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, Johnny Cash is saying lead. No, I was just going to say it's on the same album. He did another cover of like Neil Diamond's Solitary Man, yeah. stuff like that. So it's I, I always like listening to his covers. And of course, his famous cover of Hurt, of course. Yeah, I mean, Trent Reznor actually said that song belongs to him now. So it's like, you know, <laughs> when the original artist is like, yeah, okay, he took it. Well, right. It's like Bob Dylan says, all along the watchtower belongs yeah, to Jimmy, Jimmy, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but no, so it's interesting. As much as I like listening to, say, Elvis Costello, that cover you sent me, it's a lovely cover. It's so weird. And he's one of the only artists that I think I'm that, <laughs> st I, I don't want to say strict about, but where I, I, I don't know. There's something well, so distinctive about his voice, I guess, mm -hmm. that he just seems there to is. own these kind of songs. But anyway. Well, and I think the other piece of that is listening to all these different types, and I'll list a few more here in a minute, but listening to all these different types, no one makes it their own. No one does anything different with it. They play it the same as Johnny Cash played it. And if you're going to do that, then of course everyone's going to compare it back to Johnny Cash's version. And he is phenomenal and he has a very unique voice mm. so like people are going to go that's not as good as the original you, you really have to make it your own and do something different with it now we'll we'll get to later on whether or not i feel that bare naked ladies did did a better version they did it very different um but whether they did a better version than johnny cash but like they're the only ones i've listened to there is one other type i listened to though um there was a ska punk version of this song. Interesting. Mm. 
I, you would think so. Really? Not so much. Really? <laughs> Who did it? I was it? like, oh, this is going to be cool. Oh, eh, it's okay. I like Johnny Cash's version better. <laughs> Who was the ska version? Um, oh, of course, I knew you were going to ask me that. And <laughs> I could not pick up, when I was looking at the YouTube, um, I could not pick up the name of the band. What, they didn't was list it. Was it a ska band or was it Scar from the Lion King? It was not Ska. No. <laughs> I Jeremy Irons covering it. <laughs> I would love that I so would actually much. listen to that, yeah. I would listen to Jeremy Irons <laughs> covering it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Irons, please come on the show. Big fan, Die Hard for the And do the version of this song. I still miss someone. <laughs> Watch Watchmen on HBO. Can you guys hear? I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit of it here. Hold on one second and see if you guys can hear it while I look up the name. It's not really like, oh my gosh, I've never heard anything like this. This is amazing. Like I'm like, and I still can't find the name of the band. Like I would think that they would put it right there. Like this is who we are. Um, Unless they were like, we don't want anyone to know <laughs> that we covered this song. We're going to put it on Facebook, but we don't want anyone what to know. What if they find out that we still <laughs> miss them? He probably, maybe there was a restraining order, well, and he just didn't want him to know that she's still, like, I still miss her. So this is actually really interesting, Tracy. Um, is it possible that it's me first in the Gimme Gimmies? They're not ska, but they're definitely punk. And um, uh, I actually, while I was listening to this version by the Bare Naked Ladies, was thinking about me first in the Gimme Gimme's because of how up-tempo it was. Uh, and it kind of reminded me of their really kind of um, up-tempo punk covers that they did of, of various songs. That's a great uh, name for a band. They do the best version of I Believe I Can Fly. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the original by R. Kelly, but they, they do an amazing version of that song. Listen, R. Kelly. Okay. <laughs> I I was just one hundred percent like hoping you were gonna launch into a tirade about defending R. Kelly. Like, Fifteen years. <laughs> Why would I do that? Why would I do that? That's just stupid. <laughs> anyway, um... trapped in the closet. Um, it's not them because I looked it up and it's not. It doesn't come up immediately. They do. I just googled. They do have a cover. I think I may have just found the same thing you found. Listeners. Such is, amazing content at this, is, this point. This is as riveting nope. as it sounds. Thrill as we look up videos on YouTube. This is why all of this gets edited out. Oh, but my R. Kelly stuff was gold. Gold, I tell you. I didn't say I'm editing it all. Now, like, speaking, it's not like it's like, it's all gone. Speaking like, of it, R. Kelly and gold. <laughs> 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 15 years anyway <laughs> oh I've missed you on the show that makes one of you <laughs>
I've missed you too. <laughs> We're up to two, Bobby. <laughs> That's the link of the ska punk version. I'll let you guys listen to it real quickly if you're able to. I like that. It, yeah, it doesn't have the bad name. It just literally says ska punk cover. Even if you look down in the liner notes, it's not underneath it. Like they like, I don't want to be identified. So I think it's uh, the guy whose YouTube channel it is recording himself doing it. That's why there's not a band name. It's just him. Oh, it's Strummer. Oh, he's playing all. He's playing. Yeah. Oh, it's Strummer. I mean, not Joe Strummer, but it is Strummer. Uh, so no, that's that's a different cover. So I'm, yeah. I'm gonna send you guys it's... the me first and the gimme gimme one. Although they spelled Johnny wrong. When they wrote Johnny Cash Johnny cover, they, Ca- well, they... that wasn't me first in the gimme gimme. That's whoever uploaded it to YouTube. Misspelled. Okay, don't blame so, them. Homer no, Ohirje. We're calling you out. Spell. I blame the band because when people take their music and upload it under their own, yeah, they should be. They should. They should pay attention to that shit. Um, <laughs> Like every comedic rant ever was somehow uh, leaked to the internet as George Carlin back during the Napster days. Yeah. That's not George Carlin. Oh that doesn't even sound like George Carlin. There was so much stuff. That's a that's 50 like year old black woman. Ridiculous. We're be like Mother Teresa talks about yeah. how she hates minorities. <laughs> what? And people would like, but it's right here. Oh, yeah. so I'm going to pull us back. There are a few more covers I want to put out there. The oh, wait. Um, Linda, Linda Ronstadt him? covered this in the 70s. Have we even mentioned Bare Naked <laughs> No, we're, we're going to get that. That's the last one I'm going to Oh, yeah. Linda Ronstadt in the 70s covered this. For Stephen Page fans, going to love this one. Now that's interesting. Now Linda Rodstadt was on an episode of the Johnny Cash show, you know, and um, they sang a song together and it was very nice. <laughs> I only bring this up because on the behind the scenes, she got upset because she said she didn't like to perform wearing underwear, but June said she's not going out there and singing with my Johnny unless she puts some drawers on. <laughs> I learned something today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it relates because Johnny Cash and all of that. Yeah. You might say that she wanted to perform bare naked, but no, oh. not really. Commando, I guess. <laughs> closer to. That's a different band. Commando is a different just band. Just trying to wedge us back in on track here on topic. Um, so Jimmy Jimmy Buffett actually covered this oh, song. Oh, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, really? All I find is a darkened corner. Yes, I still miss someone. And he did it four days after Cash's death as a tribute. He said it was his favorite favorite Johnny Cash song, and the only time he ever played it was at that time as a tribute to him. Because it's the only song he ever listened to sober. I still miss someone steel drums. (laughs) No, he was very, very faithful to the original. At my door, they're delivering margaritas. (laughs) (laughs) I 
I have missed you so Maybe he was trying to get Johnny to turn in his grave and get him to, to come back to life. <laughs> you have broken the host. Jimmy. Poor Jimmy Buffett. Uh, it's like nobody will take him seriously. <laughs> well, when your one of your songs is Super Cheeseburger serious. in Paradise. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're asking for it at that point. Uh, All right. Anyway. Willie Nelson, of course, has also covered this. Willie Nelson. And I And of course, the Highwaymen have covered this song. Well, that, For those who don't know, like the Highwaymen were Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, and Waylon Jennings. And Waylon so, Jennings. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Waylon Jennings. <laughs> Waylon is one of my favorite names. I thought you were going to say one of your favorite Jennings. <laughs> well, he's much better than Ken. I hate that little smarmy <laughs> guy thinks he knows everything. Oh, Peter. <laughs> tell you. Canadian right there, Peter Jennings. Peter Jennings. Uh, he's smarmy as well. Let's talk about the Bare Naked Ladies version of the song. Hey! Do you realize that, like, this is going to be a two-hour podcast about a song they were using as filler? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. Listen, uh, Bobby, we do one hour per minute of song, so <laughs> buckle in. Buckle up, uh, These days, it on. seems to be about that. That's no, the, not strap on, no. That's the new format. <laughs> strap on is not the new format, no. Uh, are they the new sponsor? Ladies and gentlemen, this episode. Listen, <laughs> um, the, the appropriate term is marital aid. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Uh, okay. But I bet you're open. Um, so the BNL version is <laughs> very um, spontaneous. Um, I, I think they had it planned out, but they didn't do it often. So here's the trouble with Tracy early on this song. What's the. Trouble with Tracy, he's got problems with this song. What's the trouble with Tracy? I feel like this song sounds a little bit too much like Fox on the Run, where they're like, okay, let's take this song, let's speed it up, let's do a bluegrass, speedy bluegrass version of this. And they'd already done Fox on the Run earlier in this concert, and I think that Fox on the Run is a stronger run at the same idea um than this song is because this song is really meant to be a very sincere song picking it up and doing it at this speed doesn't quite work the same way that's my thoughts wow i draw i just like the train came to a perfect <laughs> stir standstill on that one well i, mean, I, 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 I hear what you're saying yeah, I, I agree. Um, I was waiting to, to my breakdown to add my thoughts. Okay, well, why don't we go over to your breakdown real quick. <laughs> let's do it. Let's break it down. Break, break, break it down. All right, I Still Miss Someone was recorded in the key of D major, recorded at about 306 BPM. Beats per minute. Um, Holy cow. Quite fast, as the English I say, think that's a record. Quite fast. <laughs> I never got over those blue eyes. I see them everywhere. I miss those 
those arms that held me when all the love was there. Speaking of priests, Jim and Andy's grandfather is a is a retired bishop in the in the Anglican Church. Is that right? That's yeah. right. What? Uh, especially compared with the original, which was recorded surprisingly, Tracy. You said it was a slow song. That song is actually at 180 beats per minute, Johnny Cash's version. The reason really? it sounds a lot slower is that while the rhythm is fast, you can hear the bass snare, bass snare, bass snare. Um, but the vocal melody is very deliberate and plodding. So mm-hmm. even though the changes, the rhythm section is going fast, the bass player and the, and the drummer and such, um, his he has that, you know, obviously he's got that great bass voice as well, and it just kind of... It moves along like slowly but very determined. He's like the little engine mm. that could, you know. And you always have that kind of train train track sound. Um, and interestingly enough, so I guess the, by way of comparison, the BNL version would be like the bullet train, just like shooting down the road uh, the track very very quickly. Um, the upbeat piece, the upbeat pace, uh, gives it almost more of a bluegrass feel than classic country, mm. as mentioned. Um, I was wondering when I first saw the track length how it was going to be longer than the Johnny Cash original <laughs> when it was nearly twice the tempo. Uh, well, we have these little pauses for BNL banter, of course. Uh, the changes for the verse section, it's very simple. There's three chords in the entire song. <laughs> the the uh, changes are D to A to G. Uh, so you have a classic one, five, four, or, you know, I think you could argue D, A, G, A. Um, so arguably one, five, four, five, one. And then the chorus is the same three chords rearranged into G to A to D, so five, four, one. Uh, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Very well, here's an interesting difference between yeah, the original. In the original, it's it's verse, verse, mm-hmm. chorus, yes, verse, I did that. chorus. And B&L in order to kind of make verse, it fit chorus, along banter, with... Verse, verse, chorus, banter, verse, chorus. Right, just Outro. to kind of make them right, kind yeah. of fit into what I mean, they're going for. I it was playing it as like a bookend. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh... <laughs> It, it was, uh, I don't know. I think, I think it was. An ex- it's, it's not that it doesn't work that way, but it, it just is. They changed it up a little bit. I mean, I think it was an excuse for patter. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think their intention was necessarily to do any kind of like, you know, solid cover perhaps. I, okay. I'm going to go on a, on a possibly pretentious music school limb here. Okay. And I am going to compare this track and others like it that BNL does, where they do a short snippet of music, a little bit of witty banter back and forth, another snippet of music, to recitative in opera, where in opera, they always had to be singing. So you have the normal song-type songs, which we call arias, and you have recitative, where people are just kind of singing, even though they're just really talking, and there's no music, but they're singing, so it's still technically music, right? <laughs> so, like... <laughs> That I think that this is kind of where it is, where like they wanted to have a little back and forth and skip, but they felt like, well, we need a little music, so let's throw them a little bit of this, and then we'll stop and do that. I, I, that's kind of how I feel like this song was, was so, kind of structured. Wait, what's that term? Russa recitative is like Russa recitative is what it looks like when so, you oh, no, pronounce recitative. I get it. I get it. Um, so it's like because I think the master of that, and we all can agree, is Russell Crowe in Les Miserables. <laughs> Uh, no, that's no. First of all, no, <laughs> no, Mr. Banks no, and Mary no. Poppins. First of all, it's 
First of Wait, all, it's, Rex, it's Rex Harrington. It's always <laughs> Rex Harrington. It will always be Rex Harrington. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Banks is second. It's actually not to be a stickler, <laughs> but it's actually Harrison. <laughs> that comes from Russell Crowe singing a song. Russell Crowe. We're, off, we're off the rails again. Oh, um, beyond beyond the rails. Beyond the rails. Point. Beyond the pale. Um. So yeah, the, four, the format train. is verse one, which is a your a section. Chorus, which is B. Banter, which I'm not gonna give a letter to. There's no real music. It's just them talking. So you have A, B, and then A, B, and then A, B. And that's pretty much it. The third verse is well, kind of quiet, which I like the dynamic. Term. That would be cool if the B, you put in another B for banter, because then it would be ABBA. <laughs> it but would. anyway. Um, ABBA, ABBA. Dancing queen. So one of the things that makes this different than if I had a million dollars is they they absolutely come to a grinding, screeching halt with mm. the music, though, as you were mentioning, Aaron. Like, with, with if I had a million dollars, they'll keep the music going in the background. With this song, they're like, nope, grinding halt, let's talk. <laughs> it kind of annoyed me at first, to be honest. Like, they could have kept the do-do-do-do-do-do going. But I guess maybe because it was more... I That probably would have worked better over, like, the original tempo. Maybe with it being so upbeat and a little more intense. <laughs> that would have been kind of weird, but I have to be. Honest, I had a really hard time keeping <laughs> up with the pace. My my initial knee jerk reaction to this one was actually kind of negative, uh, probably because I am also a huge bon uh, Johnny Cash fan, and to hear one of his songs played so up tempo was a little off putting. Um, however, I kind of warmed up to it after a few listens. It's kind of fun. It kind of reminds me, like I said, of those uh, "Me First in the Gimme Gimme" kind of punk covers. So that's cool. The banter is fun. I learned something about Andy and Jim's grandfather being a retired bishop or a very tired very bishop. Very tired bishop. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask you guys, did anyone else here catch the genuflect, genuflect, genuflect? <laughs> and I wonder, was that a reference to Tom Lehrer's Vatican rag? Because that's all I could think of when I heard that's, uh, that's all I, I think of, too, actually, yeah, whenever I hear that. Genuflect, genuflect, genuflect. Um, which, I, I, that made me smile. Uh, I think if I saw them perform this live as part of a show, oh, yeah. I would have been like, oh, that's fun. You know, I would have liked it. But as yeah. it is, the recording quality is not fantastic. It's right, not terrible right. for a live recording, but there's a reason I prefer studio recordings and the audio and uh, the audio file of me kind of winces, you know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, and this is an early audio file. Like, they weren't intending to actually record this for release in any right, way, shape, and form. Someone happened to record it, and they're like, in like 20 years later, they're like, you know what? <laughs> Let's release that for a little bit of extra money, I guess. Which I'm not going to complain because we get we get little gems like this one and the one that we're going to cover cover about like four months from now. Yeah, um, Joseph Brown, which we wouldn't get Joseph Brown otherwise, and it's actually a really fun song that comes right before this song. I think in some way this song, if you're listening to the whole album, it actually suffers a little bit because. It comes after Joseph Brown. This song belongs after like um, Blame It On Me or something really mm. slow. And they're like, you know what? Let's pick up the pace and have some fun and get you back into this again. And that's where it really should have been. This also wasn't a staple. 
this is something that after a while just disappeared and they're like, no, we have other ways that we can do this. We can just banter without needing to do anything else. And they decided to do that. Why would they do that? (laughs) Um, No, again, I mean, that's why I thought of it as kind of vaudevillian. I mean, the song, I mean, the, the banter isn't there to service the song in this case i feel that the song no. is there to bookend the the banter and oh, it's totally. just like it's just like a little chorus so in that way i mean i find it well it's like aaron said if you were watching it and i'm sure it would just be a fun little break and they'd be zany and and, and fun to watch and and all that it's just it you know it's inoffensive i would say <laughs> there's nothing stole the word i i have wrote down in my notes inoffensive <laughs> <laughs> which is odd for a bnl song you know um it's interesting because here's the thing if they were to i mean they they wouldn't now of course but like i do think steven's voice could actually sound very interesting doing like mm-hmm. more genuine kind of cover that wasn't just meant for this purpose but i mean yeah. you know whatever um this was just a fun little thing <clears throat> i could actually see him doing this as kind of a ballad and it being effective but... i would love to hear steven do an actual version of this song I think matter of fact can... steven if you're listening because we know you listen on your next state live from home concert you have to do just a lot li- just a, a cover of this song and he say it to himself, I ain't gotta do nothing. Nothing, I tell ya. Because apparently he's uh, a lead actor from a 1950s drama. How dare you and, tell me what I furthermore. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the banter. <laughs> they, I mean, we, we go off the rails. These guys really went off the rails with their banter. Like, they went off into left field, like, talking about fresh tiled priests, which came out of nowhere. (laughs) This is not mentioned anywhere else on the rest of the the album, the rest of the live performance. Um, None of... I I listened to the whole album this week, so I was like, well, maybe they're doing callbacks. Nope. None of these jokes are callbacks to earlier things in the performance. Um... They're just like randomly just pulling these things out. So you guys, what's your favorite Robbie Benson movie? Well. Other than Harry Harry and Son. Because, you know, it's Harry and Son. I must say that's a very interesting question. Aaron, do you want to field this one first? (laughs) If not, I mean, I'm ready with the I mean, it's a very random question to ask someone on stage in the middle of, like, in front of an audience, like, randomly, like, hey... Who's the, what's your favorite movie by this random dude? I mean, would you count Beauty and the Beast? Well, no, exactly. I, I was going to say, here's a little hint for you. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that was always my favorite line in Beauty and the Beast. This is 1991. What year did, did Beauty and the Beast come out? That was 1991. So, <laughs> may have just come out? It probably was what prompted that. They're right. like, who did that voice? Is that Robbie Benson? <laughs> <laughs> they thought, man, he what was better good. movies has he done? <laughs> but what was with that? My pa line. Everything else was my <laughs> pa. <laughs> he was well, talking about his father. No. <laughs> Actually, that would be even better. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know how.
not much I can say on here because you don't own the lyrics. Oh. And, and Disney will send cease and desist the letters to, to a guy who pastes Mickey Mouse on his shed door. So, you know. oh, yeah. if, if Disney knows about us, I will take that as a compliment to begin with. There's this line in a song. That just goes, she glanced this way, I think I saw, but when we touched, she didn't shoot yes. at my paw. My paw. And he sings <laughs> it like straight, I mean, but when he gets to my paw, Opera. his, okay. his voice like, sounds so. like, oh, my paw. <laughs> so now, now I'm thinking about Rex Harrison singing that. <laughs> she didn't shut her at my paw. <laughs> he would just say, my paw, yes. <laughs> my paw. <laughs> Damn it, Elias. <laughs> Great episode or greatest episode? <laughs> People are listening to this right now and thinking, what is this even about? Why is Keniston back? That guy who's going to stop first of all, he probably started again after I left, and now he's like, I got to stop listening again. Okay, so I just, I just Googled Robbie Benson, and he was apparently in a movie called MVP, Most Valuable Primate. Featuring Ooh. a chimpanzee that played hockey. Oh. So I might have to Poor revise Robbie. my answer for favorite Robbie Benson movie. They're on so these guys are on stage, and the right. two Robbie Benson movies that they mention are Harry and Son, right. which is a very, very dark movie. And then they're like, no, 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 I'll go one better on you. The end, which is a a it's labeled a slapstick black comedy about a man who finds that he has hasn't much longer to live and bungles his attempts at suicide. Ooh. That is their pull. Like that's where they go on stage in front of all these people. Well, it's not. It's pretty easy to do, you know, bungling that kind of business. Given this is Stephen and his sense of humor, like I, I totally get why Stephen goes there, but. <laughs> it's, it's just a weird place to go on stage. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, they've always had that sort of kind of flippant kind of thing, though. I mean, come that on. That would be like me looking at you and saying, Bobby, what's your favorite Steven Weber movie? I mean, other than 13 Reasons Why, what's your favorite Steven well, Weber movie? No, but I mean, remember that they're the kind of guys who laugh at a funeral. <laughs> I mean, Golf clap. If you can't understand what I mean, it might be single white female. <laughs> My favorite <laughs> Stephen Weber movie. I didn't know he was in that. Although I also like Reefer Madness, so um, the musical. No, I can't. I don't know where to take this at this point. So the lyrics, um, the same lyrics as Johnny Cash. Uh, really? Yes. Um, they, the song... they stuck, except for laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The song is a sad lamentation of what might have been. Uh, the blue eyes referenced in the chorus are most likely a reference to June Carter Cash, and sadly, oddly prophetic, since Johnny Cash passed away just a few months after June did. So he really still did miss someone. Uh, they. True. But thank uh, you for bringing us. Down, yeah, Gosh wow! Boy. I was like, I gotta, well, no, I, I was like, I, I gotta think... stop all this frivolity and, and happiness. <laughs> no, you have to. <laughs> but this, just to let you know, speaking about that, because Johnny Cash, you know, knew of this cover, 
and was actually a fan, but he did not invite them to June's funeral for that very Ouch. reason I just well, mentioned. Because they would laugh at the funeral. Because they would have laughed. <laughs> and he would have said, boys, what are you doing? And they'd say, Johnny, if you can't understand what we mean. Uh... <laughs> but anyway. Um... Then they would all take off their shirts. <laughs> it would have been a huge mess. It would not have been very regal. Uh, hey. And then, yeah, anyway. Um, now, my favorite lyric in the song, well, you know, I always liked the wording of it. I go out on a party. Mm. That's nice. Because it, it reminds me that it was written at a certain time. That yeah, even though it's talking about yeah. universal kind of feelings... Um, that expression is not universal anymore. So I do kind of no. just like that little juxtaposition there. Um, in all sincerity, for once making yeah. a comment without being. <laughs> Michelle, what do you think of this song? She's just shocked and awed. Michelle is just glad that this isn't. <laughs> What happened last time? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to transition to the next piece, and unfortunately we don't have Jeff because he's taken over this next part. What's so the... I can't just throw it to Jeff. Um, we need to move over to ratings and rate oh. this song. Okay. Um, I, I am struggling to find a good rating for this song. How about how many people do we miss? Okay, let's do that. <laughs> or how many parties are we on? <laughs> Go out on. <laughs> are you on how something? Many... I'm on a party, Mom. How many leaves are falling? <laughs> All the leaves are falling. jeez. <laughs> And the sky is gray. All um, the leaves is the answer. All the leaves. Okay. I um, give it. How many blue eyes? How many blue eyes do we Ooh, give this song? Oh. Have weird chimera, the thing creatures here with many eyes. Oh dear, <laughs> That's right, many eyes. Dear. Um, I'm I'm gonna hand it over to you, Aaron, first. <laughs> well, <laughs> how many how many eyes do you blue this, eyes this do you a, give this? This is a tough one, honestly. Actually, how many missing persons do you give this? Missing? Song? Oh my! <laughs> yeah, we just got real dark. Um, <laughs> um, I give it. Okay, interesting. All right, all right, all right. Uh, this was a hard one for me, as I said, because immediately I wasn't really enthralled by it right away, but after. The multiple listens I always give these songs when we do these episodes. I was like, it kind of grew on me. It made me smile a little bit. I can't, I mean, I definitely can't put it up in the fours. I don't think it's quite in the twos. And I'm thinking low threes. So I'm going to award I Still Miss Someone 3.2 milk cartons out of five. Because <laughs> they're still missing. <laughs> okay, that's uh, the put new. your face oh. on Terry. <laughs> that's the that's I'm changing it right now. That's the new milk cartons. Okay, all right, Bobby. How many milk cartons do you give this song? Well, I gotta sort of agree with. Well, it's strange because again, I just think it's hard because I know I've been rough on other songs that probably took more effort and things like that. <laughs> um, you know, but it's hard to rate it without 
looking at what its purpose was. Yeah. And for its purpose, I mean, it, it, it fulfilled its purpose. Again, it's not a great cover, but I mean, I don't think it was necessarily intended to be. I mean, it's energetic, and I think it probably would have been fun to watch live and uh, um, all of that. So I kind of have to agree with Aaron. It's hard to take something, again, you know, that I used the word inoffensive about. This isn't a song I would ever like, you know, I'm not going to come, but, you know, get done with this and be like, oh, fast forward on the YouTube to listen to this song again. Oh, God, got to listen to this again. <laughs> That's not going to happen, but at the same time, I don't hate it, and I don't, I'm not repulsed by it, or anything like that. So, no, I mean, you know, I guess I'd give it just a solid three as well. Solid three? Without any points right. this time, just a solid three. Well, I, I'm not sure. You said Average. that it meets its purpose. I'm not totally sure that it does meet Ooh. its purpose because Tracy drinking the haterade this week. I I think I'm you drinking the haterade drink this, this week. Outside? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bare knuckle boxing, <laughs> old timey. I think that crazy, uh, crazy and Fox on the Run does this better. It's a better cover and it's a more more true cover. Even though it's it's bluegrass and it's upbeat and it's a different artist, um, I I feel like they could do a better and more faithful version of this in their own way that they don't do. Um, like I said, I don't like any of the other covers of this song because it never matches up to Johnny's and it's never different enough to be different. This is different. Um, it stands out, but. It's just the subject matter doesn't match what they're going for with the purpose. Like you had said, it's more bookends. I think they could find, like, if you do crazy on, you know, you do uh, Fox on the Run, and you do this sort of thing with Fox on the Run, I think it's better fitted than this song is, because this is a very serious song. I think they have fun with it. I think they do a good job with it. And I, I like their banter, even though some of it doesn't land, but they're trying to improvise on the moment. I think the fr the fresh tiled priest joke doesn't quite land. Um, I will say that I like the, the joke that they do about Andy and Jim's dad a little bit better. Um, and I think like just with a million dollars, if they had had more time and played with it more, it would have... It would have built itself and become more um, elaborate, and it would they would have found the jokes that work better with the song. But I just think this was the wrong song to do it with. So for that reason, I give it a two point five. Whoa, whoa! Two point five milk curtains. I think yeah. they should have used it for the pilot. I really do. <laughs> Actually, I could see them doing this for the pilot, and it might work a little bit better. And there's ways that, like, if they had started off the, the pilot with this song, I could see that working in some ways. Um, so this uh, week's appearance does not tie in to any of this discussion. I tried hard and I couldn't find one. But the appearance this week is Tyler over this wonderful self-isolation that we have had over this quarantining time. Another band that Tyler collaborates with sometimes um, that has Toby Wagner and Chris Robinson and Rich Jones on it um, did a song called Stuck in Isolation. And that was actually a really fun song to listen to. It's not quite BNL-like, so it's different. And um, I think it varies enough away from BNL that it fits and you get to hear 
Tyler doing some backing and some drums, so it's fun. <clears throat> so, Bobby, I, I've really super enjoyed having you here tonight. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Anywhere that you would like people to go? Um, I know, and I know you're, you're self-deprecating, so you're not going to agree with me on this. I know people like listening to you. I know like people like reading um, the stuff that you do. You, you've got a great sense of humor and, and a great way of explaining things. Where can people find more of your stuff? Oh, um, well, I don't know right now. It's, um, you know, I have an old blog. Um, but no, I mean, if people are looking to put on plays, um, you can find my stuff at playscripts.com or highly um, recommend that brookpub.com um, or Eldridge Publishers. Those are more like my youth. Although, you know, at PlayScripts, I've got my community theater. It's funny because I finally wrote a play called A Wicked Christmas Carol that I thought this could be my big hit, and now no one could do theater anymore. Although it, it did get a few <laughs> virtual productions licensed, but uh, hopefully once this pandemic's over, a playwright will be able to make some money again. We'll see. Tell people a little about a, a little bit about Wicked Christmas Carol, what, what it's about, because I, I know oh, I loved The premise that. of it? Yes. Well, it takes the idea, um, two classic stories, and kind of meshes them together. Um, A Wicked Christmas Carol is basically, it's taking Dickens' A Christmas Carol, but it's setting it in the world of Oz with the Wicked Witch of the West as the Scrooge-type character. And what happens in this case, and one of the reasons I wrote it this way, is that a lot of these like when you do a production of a Christmas Carol, there aren't a ton of great parts for women unless it's a, 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 a theater company that doesn't mind doing kind of gender blind casting and stuff, um, which doesn't happen too often around the Christmas season, it seems. But um, so it's like you get all of these women like getting to play like the iconic roles, like the Wicked Witch of the East is the Jacob Marley type character, but instead of having chains, she's got pieces of a house all over her and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, no, it was a project that I actually wound up really falling in love with after I had the initial idea of it. And I read all of bombs oz books and tried to make it very um accurate in terms of oz and things like that so yeah no that's a play that i i am actually pretty proud of and hope that it will sort of when theaters kind of open up again get some business because i i think it's got legs to stand on and it, and like i said it, <clears throat> community theaters typically actually get far more women auditioning than men and um mm -hmm. This the same thing with high school. Really good part. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so this gives them a chance to play some of these kind of meteor type of parts, albeit with a twist, obviously. But um, I like ones with a twist, though. Like, I think Wicked Christmas Carol is really cool, but I, it, for a number of reasons, I was really sad when you wrote it because, like, the lead character is, is a woman. I would love to play that role. Um, you know, but then it would be gender bending. But, you know, I, the whole time when I was reading the play, I was like, you know what? I'll be that girl. I'll be right over. 
Sorry. I get it. You set me up, and I was like, <laughs> I bunted that baby. <laughs> Stretch Armstrong over here. Hey, how else am I going to work I'll Be That Girl into, an hour, into a conversation? Right. I'm just glad. <laughs> that took finesse, my friend. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> no seriously i do recommend any people that are putting up plays for high schools community theaters middle schools etc read bobby's plays go out there and bobby's gonna send me those links so i can put them in the liner notes because i highly recommend uh, he's an extremely talented playwright um and i would recommend that anyone read his stuff to put on a production of it not because he's just a friend of mine but i i honestly think he is one of the better playwrights of today Aww. so thank you guys very much for joining yeah, me um Bobby, I hope this isn't the last time that we see you. I hope we're able to pull you back in for another show sometime in the future. Um, it was great having you back. I I have needed the laughs that I have gotten tonight. Um, and uh, I hope everyone else agrees that like this was a, a really funny and, and uh, enjoyable episode. Indeed. And just like the song itself, really, um, the song Way was off topic. kind of just... Was just uh, bookends for us to be talking oh, yeah. about stuff. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway. So it sounds like every other episode that we've had yeah, you on. True. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, it was excellent talking to you again, Bobby. I hope we have you on again soon. Thank you. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. 